beginning to look at uh, a, a series that uh, surrounds our, our just exploration of our vision and our values. And uh, as we look at our vision and values, I want to look at some of the values that have been set out on the sheet that, uh, that Paul uh, referred to earlier, that we're going to be looking at at church meeting, that we began to look at a couple of weeks ago, if you were here. Forgive us if you're visiting and uh, haven't had a look at those, but there are some that you can take with you as you go out. But what I've kind of named this series is Vision into Action. So looking at some of the practical things that we hold to that might help us with our vision as we explore that. And today, I want us to look at one of the values which is, is critical to us, and that is that we would seek to be grounded in Scripture. And this morning I want us to, to, to take a, a moment to think, why would we be grounded in Scripture? Then I want us to think, well, what does it mean as a church to seek to be grounded in Scripture? And then thirdly, how might I be more effective in being grounded in Scripture? That's where I want us to go this morning as we look at uh, Paul's charge to Timothy and his affirmation of Scripture. But looking at that question of, of, of why, why would we be grounded in Scripture? What, what is this book, the Bible, that we would say that it's really important that we would be grounded in Scripture? Well, there are some kind of easy things you can say about the Bible. The Bible is self-evidently a book, but actually it's a collection of books, 66 books in all, 39 in the run-up to the advent of Jesus, each of them pointing towards Jesus in different ways. That's the Old Testament. And then there are 29 in the New Testament that start with recording the life and ministry of Jesus, his death and resurrection. And then the birth of the church and our response to Jesus here on earth, finishing with an anticipation of Jesus' return. All of that within this book. There are books that deal with history. There are books that deal with law. There are books that are poetic. There are books that are, are prophetic. There are books that bring wisdom. There are letters like Timothy that seek to guide and instruct. There are all kinds of different books within this one big book, the Bible. Let me just describe somebody here uh, who describes the Bible. I just think this is a great little description. Short paragraph by a guy called Tom Wright in a book called Simply Christian. He says of the Bible, it's a big book full of big stories with big characters. They have big ideas, not least about themselves, and make big mistakes. It's about God and greed and grace. It's about life and lust and laughter and loneliness. It's about birth 
and beginnings and betrayal. It's about siblings and quarrels and sex. It's about power and prayer and prison and passion. And that's only Genesis. But so it goes on. It's an amazing book that we have before us. We could add that it is world famous. That it's a bestseller, the best-selling book of all times. All of those things are, are quite compelling. But actually in this passage this morning, Paul gives us stronger reasons why we should be grounded in Scripture. And verse 16, bang, gets right to the heart of it. All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. See, it's not simply the writings of a bunch of noble individuals from antiquity, but actually God was active and at work and sought the cooperation of a whole variety of individuals, perhaps up to 40. We don't know for sure, but up to 40 different individuals. God worked with them and in their lives. People from different times, people from different places, people from different positions in society. God worked with them and in them to give us the most incredible revelation of his nature, of his character, of his purposes, and how you and I stand before him. And critically, what he has done to make it possible to stand before him without being consumed. I like the picture of, 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 of a boat raising its sail and that being like the, the authors of scripture who are there and willing to be guided by the breath of God in writing the scriptures. They put themselves in a place of availability that God would speak through them. I don't believe that it was a kind of a mechanistic thing where one night somebody sat down and, 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 and Isaiah, chapter one, right, God, dictation time. But that God worked through those individuals and served his purpose through them, that we would have this revelation of Scripture. And through this Scripture, that we might see and encounter the living God. Now, some people might say, well, I, I kind of meet with God in, in nature. That's how I know God. And actually, to a point, you can't argue with that. 
Psalm 19 is an incredible example of that. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. God is revealed in the heavens and the earth. But we can't know God simply by being in nature. Nature can point us towards the wonder and the majesty of Creator God. But we need something more to understand His purposes here on earth. And actually Psalm 19 goes on to describe just that. Psalm 19, 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Please, Lord, make me wise. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. See, Scripture, God-breathed, the authoritative Word of God speaking through us, through individuals to us, excuse me, points us to God and how we might know him and walk with him, most notably in the person of Jesus. Jesus, who is announced and pointed to time and again in the Old Testament, came to earth, lived among us, died and rose again to deal with that which breaks our relationship with God, our sin. So why would we be grounded as, as in, in, in Scripture, as a church? Well, because it's God's word to us. And in it we can know the living God. As followers of Jesus, surely we will want to know him so that we may grow in his likeness. Verse 15 points us in that direction. Another reason why we would want to be grounded in Scripture. Scripture is able to make us wise unto salvation. As we encounter God's Word, so we see our need and God's provision for our needs that we might have relationship with our creator through Jesus' sacrifice so scripture speaking to us with the Holy Spirit at work in us helps us to see our need to walk with God and then as verse 16 continues It helps us to grow in relationship. 
All scripture is God-breathed, we've already read, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's useful for teaching truth. It's useful for rebuking error. It's useful for training, for right living. It's useful for correcting false. Someone said that it's crucial both for our creed and our conduct. In other words, what we believe and how we behave. That's what scripture is useful for in those four little verbs there. It's central to our Christian faith. To do without scripture is, is like a bunch of kids going up to the park to play a game of football and then discovering that they haven't got a ball. And they say, oh, well, let's play on anyway. That's meaningless, isn't it? You can't play football without a ball. And scripture is like that. We need to see it, understand it, hear it, that we might see the fullness of God revealed in scripture you know it's not always comfortable to take scripture seriously it can be uncomfortable to be rebuked it can be difficult to be taught Actually, in our society, it's not widely accepted to say there is truth. Much more acceptable to say, well, you believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we'll all be happy together. But actually, that's like the chaff being blown around. I think I'll believe a bit of this, and a bit of that, and a bit of the other. And before you know it, you don't know where you are. But in the word of God, there is truth. Scripture points us, as we sang just now, to an unchanging God who loves me, who loves you enough to die for you and scripture points simply that we would respond to him and his death and resurrection and follow him give him our life our all everything that we have that he might use who we are who we've been created to be to honour him Jesus said, I came to give life and life in all its fullness. So it's not about becoming all po-faced and serious and, and becoming an automaton, but it's about becoming who God made us to be. If we're loud, God wants us to be loud. If we're quiet, God wants us to be quiet. If we're musical, God wants us to use our musicalness. If we're artistic, God wants us to use our artistic abilities. God wants us 
to turn all those things to his glory. So why would we be grounded in scripture? Because it's authoritative. God breathed scripture and gave it to us. It reveals God and points at every turn to Jesus, the hope of the nations, saviour of the world. And scripture gives us the means by which we can know him and grow to be more like him. So what does this mean for us as a church, for us as individuals? Well, some fairly straightforward things to say, really. Essentially, we need to read it. We need to hear it. We need to be fed and nourished by Scripture. And we need to obey it. We need to seek to continually allow God's word to be at the heart of our lives as individuals and corporately. That means that scripture will have a significant place in our times of worship together. That myself and others who would preach would would seek to faithfully teach from Scripture, not avoiding the difficult bits, but trying to help us to understand the difficult bits, because there are, let's not make any bones about it, some tricky bits of Scripture to work through, to understand, to make sense of in our lives today. But it is God-breathed. And so we ignore the difficult bits at our peril. And it means that we need to look for other opportunities to take time to learn from Scripture in house groups, in times where we're just chatting one to another, reflecting on what Scripture is saying to us. But let's be very clear here. This isn't simply an academic exercise. This isn't simply an intellectual thing where we learn scripture and we know it and then we feel kind of good about ourselves because actually I know where to find the prophet Hosea in the Old Testament. Way I'm there. It's not an intellectual exercise. Yes, by all means, get to know your Bible. But if you find it difficult to find your way through the Bible, use the index, that's fine. And please, nobody look down on anybody who doesn't know where things are. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's a piece of of nourishment that we might grow to know the living God and become more like him. Sure, we need to learn how to handle Scripture. We need to to listen to others who may be able to help us as we wrestle with bits of Scripture. But let's do that in love. Let's do that in humility. 
Let's understand that, yes, a, different, a particular book was written for a particular person at a particular time, and we can learn from that, but we need to understand what was being said and the whole context. But let's try to do that in a way that doesn't seek to blow others out of the water. See, having the Bible as foundational does not mean that we become like the Pharisees. We need to allow God, by the power of his Spirit, to transform us as we encounter him in Scripture. As we spend time with the Word of God in this place, we're about seeing transformation not information. Lives changed, hearts softened and opened to the love of God. Not just being filled up with knowledge that we can beat our colleagues and neighbours and friends with. So as we grow in knowledge, our hearts should be changing. Our behaviour following. That's what maturity is about. That's what we'll look at in the next couple of weeks about maturity. We are looking to be transformed unto the likeness of Jesus. That's what it means for us to be grounded in Scripture. So how can I be more effective you might say. Well, I'd suggest to you that even today, you review, what what do I do to be influenced and impacted by Scripture? What do I do? How, how do How do I feel about Scripture? Maybe start with that. Is it important to me? Be honest with yourself. Is it something that's important? And if your answer to that is no, then I would ask you today, please reconsider. Because there is so much in this book. It's a life-changing book because in it, we are able to relate to the living God and see so much. This book speaks to our humanity though it's been written over thousands of years it speaks to our humanity so if you, if you think yeah scripture pff, bit tough, bit dry please look again yes there are some bits that are hard to look at working through Leviticus and being shown the cubits and the meters and the thingies and the doodahs that is tough going but take a step back and see the glory of God in Leviticus And hang in there as you work your way through some of the difficult bits. But if you struggle with Scripture, start with one of the Gospels again. Have a look again at the story of Jesus, who he is, what he's done for us. Really urge you to do that. Maybe you need to ask, is, is what I do with Scripture reflecting in my life? And the answer to that is almost certainly no, because you're a human being, like me, and we muck up. 
But am I trying to learn from that? Am I trying to let Scripture speak to me and change me through the power of the Holy Spirit? And maybe there are ways that you could engage more with Scripture. If you have a smartphone, there are dozens of free apps on smartphones that allow you to access Scripture. If you use the internet, there are all sorts of um, websites and stuff where you can just access Scripture. You can go to Bible Gateway and get a Scripture for the day emailed to you so it arrives on your desktop every day. Word Live by Scripture Union gives a really helpful little interaction with Scripture every morning if you are into, into kind of sitting in front of your computer regularly. There are dozens and dozens of really helpful study notes. We've got daily bread at the back there if you prefer paper and a Bible, which is cool. We can do that. Take paper notes and just ask God to speak to you through them. There's a wealth of of stuff out there that you can listen to, podcasts and and all sorts of things. You can even listen to to me or whoever is preaching here online to just say, what was that he said again? What was that? And download that into iTunes. This time last year, I commended to you a word for the day where each day... There was just a verse or a couple of verses to take with you into that day, to chew over, to meditate on, to think through, maybe to look at where it comes from and where the context of that is. I've done another one, a fresh one for this year. And I've tried to give it a little bit of a focus. Verses that talk about who we are in Christ. First nine days of this one talks about how we are accepted in Jesus Christ. Then days 9 to 19 talk about how we are secure in Jesus. And then days 20 to 31 talks about how we are significant. Not because of the car we drive or the house we have or the clothes that we wear, but because of who we are in Jesus. I'd really commend those to you. Take them. Mine resides in the loo. Too much information I know. But put it wherever. You know you're going to see it. And think on it for a few minutes each day. Take a couple. I'll put it up on the website so you can get one to download. But I commend that to you. I know that several folk have found the last one really helpful. You don't have to do the new one, but I just felt that maybe a refresh would help expose us to more scripture. So there's another practical thing that you can do. But as a church, we need to be grounded in the word of God, which we take with absolute seriousness. Seriousness.